Hello, happy Monday. Make it five in a row now for the Pittsburgh Penguins. What is that? 16 of their last 18 as well. Second place right now in the Metropolitan Division as I record this. We're going to do a full game recap of the game against Winnipeg coming up right after this drop. Your Locked On Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, welcome to this Monday evening edition of the Locked On Penguins Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter at Eleanor Store Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. Um, it didn't look pretty for a lot of Sunday's game against the Winnipeg Jets, but the Penguins were able to come victorious out from a shootout after also being down 2 nothing going into the third period. They scored two goals in nine seconds to tie it, threatened for the rest of the period, uh, had a ridiculous overtime, and then, of course, Sidney Crosby's lone shootout goal gets the Penguins their fifth trade win and catapulted them to the second spot in the Metropolitan Division. Um, starting off, I mean, let's just call a spade a spade. The Penguins played um, mostly like a, bu- a dog, a bunch of dog crap, I would say, for the first 40 minutes. Um, just a really piss-poor performance at both ends of the ice, especially defensively. Um, you know, poor Jake Decker. Shout out to him on Penguins Twitter. If you, if you are on social media and you do not follow him, I believe his Twitter is Jake underscore Decker 8771, I think is what it is. Um, some of those numbers, at least. Um, shout out to him. He's a great follow for all the Penguins games. He was doing a head count of how many odd man rushes they were giving up. And um, God bless his soul, because if I had to do that, I probably would have drank bleach. Um, I believe halfway through the game, it was up to about 14 or 15 to 30 minutes. That's just unacceptable. And, you know, I know this game was, you know, the so-called scheduled loss just because they had played three games prior to, you know, this was basically, you know, their third game in, not even four nights. It's the third game in like three and a half days. You could tell that they were definitely gas. Um, Winnipeg had the jump on them. I understand that the Penguins were out shooting them by a pretty hefty margin. People need to – people – how do I want to say this? You can't just look at the shot total and be like, oh, my God, wow, this team definitely outplayed the other team. It was the complete opposite, at least going into the third period. Um, Winnipeg had a really great jump. Um, just, you know, the Penguins were giving up two-on-ones. Two Virtually every shift. Outside of that, I don't think Winnipeg had a lot of offense. It was just the Penguins were so bad at handling the puck that it looked like Winnipeg was having a lot more offense than they did. It was just so many odd man rushes, and they were lucky that Tristan Jari stood on his head. Uh, I'm going to get to him in just a second. Um, but with some of those turnovers, you know, just speaking on some of the negatives, I think part of it has to do with Evgeny Malkin being on the point on the power play. I've never liked him in that spot. If you want to, obviously he should be on the top probably. He's one of the best players in the league. But if you want to take advantage of his skills, put him on the right far boards, feed him his Geno bombs, and let, let that be that. Or you can put him on the other side and you know see if he can be a playmaker from over there. If you're putting him at the point, you're doing yourself a disservice because he wasn't, he hasn't really been good at it for the last few years. And that's actually if you want to criticize something in Evgeny Malkin's game, that's fair game to me. Sure. Does he also take some bad offensive zone penalties? Absolutely. 
that's fair game as well. Some of the other stuff I've seen thrown out there, you know, the structure, the chemistry, all this other stuff, that's just a bunch of garbage. But his play on the point on the power play, that's a legitimate concern and a reason to have a little bit of gripes with Chino's game. It's never been good. It was really bad on the um, on Sunday against Winnipeg. And, you know, he was just coughing up the puck like it was a grenade. And Kyle Connor was just coming in on about, what, three to four shorthanded opportunities. And Jari was, you know, having to bail his ass out. Chris Letang, I think it was the same a little bit. It wasn't as much as Gino, but he was still not making the best decisions with the puck that we're used to seeing. Um, their power play was honestly just a cluster. Um, just really not getting a lot of good scoring chances. I believe they were 0 of 4, 0 of 5 for the game. Just because, And they had a, a lot of power play opportunities. That's the thing. They just weren't able to cash in on it because, I mean, the zone entries were horrendous. The, the turnovers at the point were really bad. The passes in the offensive zone were awful. They were not getting to the high danger chances. It was all just pathetic. And, you know, again, the Penguins are really lucky that they were able to somehow score two goals in nine seconds in the third to make up for a lot of those lost opportunities that they had on the manpower advantage. So um, I do want to see some of that cleaned up. The Penguins have only allowed three shorthanded goals this year. That's one of the best marks in the league halfway through. So right now they're only on pace to have six. Again, that would be one of the best marks in the league if that were to hold up through the 82-game season. Again, you know, the Penguins just have to be better at managing the puck in those situations. I did not like that. Even at even strength, they weren't generating a lot of offense. They were being uh, caved in, um, in into the defensive zone. Um, it, it was just, it was just not a pretty performance. And um, I, I tweeted this out on my social media channels. It honestly looked worse than Los the Los Angeles and the Calgary efforts. And because at least in LA. They were getting chances and they had scored a couple prior to the third where it all broke loose. This time, you know, the rules were, well, they were reversed a little bit. So, you know, obviously the Penguins were able to, um, they were able to get a couple bounces. And, you know, Kasperi Kapanen loved the goal that he scored. He finally went to the net and boy, was he on one in that third period. That is probably the best period I've ever seen Kapanen play this season um he was just all over the ice both offensively and defensively um that's the version of cappy that we all saw last year when he was just you know running wild with gino on his line and you know i thought gino really warmed up a lot in the third period as well especially the overtime i'm gonna get to that a little later on in this episode but you know Kappen was just flying out there and he was rewarded by going in that getting a nice little um deflection um, with that one, and then the Penguins were able to cut it to one, and then big Jeff Carter gets another goal. Kind of a lucky bounce. I don't really know what Connor Hellebuck was doing um, behind the net there, but um, I, I know one listener wanted me to point this out, and you know, it, and it was a hit that Carter had, you know, that led to that goal. You know, I'm not really big on physicality in hockey or hitting in general. I'm, you know, I, I I'm of the opinion that if you have a lot of hits. That means you don't have the puck. That, that's just where I stand on it. Sure, it still matters a little bit. And as I'm about to say, this hit actually did matter because it created a goal for the Penguins and it, it changed the momentum. And Carter was able to score directly after that hit because, you know, Hellebuck, you know, he, he goes to where Hellebuck has the puck. He basically just gives it right to him and then shoots it in from a bad angle, goes off his pad and then. You know, if it probably if it maybe wasn't for that hit, you know, Carter doesn't score there, sure. 
Um, you know, again, no, that said, I'm not usually someone that's big on physicality in hockey. I don't think it usually changes the momentum a lot, though for this one, it definitely did. You know, there's outliers for everything. Um, and, you know, those are my thoughts on that. But, you know, for the game, excuse me, it, it is interesting um, because the Penguins, they controlled 55% of the shot attempts at 5v5. They controlled 56% of the scoring chances at 5v5. 62% of the high danger chances at 5v5. 54% of the expected goals, 45% for Winnipeg. It was it mainly had to do with just, you know, how bad their first two periods were. And honestly, natural stature kind of goes against that a little bit because it says that the Penguins had 65% of the shot attempts in the first period. And then the second period was where the Penguins, their play created a little bit. And then the third period, they started turning it on a little bit. So, you know, the number the numbers definitely don't match the eye test as much. Um, which obviously, you know, that's a little bit interesting, but, you know, they still probably carried play a little more than even I thought, you know, after looking at these numbers um, yet again. Um, we still have a lot more to get to for this episode of Locked on Penguins. I apologize if I went, you know, all over the map for this first segment. I'm not usually like that. It's just, you know, this, this game is just really weird to analyze just because, I mean, it was just kind of like a tale of, Two periods and then two pretty good ones for the Penguins. I want to count the overtime, and then they're able to win it in a skills competition. So I just I don't really know what to make of it as much. We're gonna get into Tristan Jari talk coming up here in the next segment of getting Malkin's ridiculous deke in overtime and Sidney Crosby shootout winner. Gonna go into some of the hits that the Winnipeg Jets laid on the Penguins and why um, it's kind of BS that there were no penalties called. And of course, you know, a whole lot more. We're gonna do maybe do a little preview of the game against Arizona on Tuesday. Before we do that, though. It is the New Year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Bilt Bar in your plan. Bilt Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar as well. Bilt Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good you'll want to eat it, unlike other protein bars which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill. You want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. By week three, you might be thinking this is just not worth it. Where is the chocolate? That's the thing. Built Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. Most of them contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Here's an idea for the new year. Go to all your secret street stashes. Maybe it's at home in the pantry, at the office, in the car. Throw out all the sugary, sugary or calorie-filled treats and replace them with Built Bars. So when you're craving a snack or treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. There's many flavors to choose from, you know, coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry cookies and cream, etc. Remember, it's the code LOCKED15 at built.com. All right. Welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. All the shows were at LO underscore penguins. Um, let's just get into some of those hits that we saw. So, the, bit, the, the worst news came out on Monday, in case you all did not see on the Penguin social media. Maybe you got it on your phone and all that. Um, Teddy Bluger is going to be out for the next six to eight weeks with a broken jaw. Um, it didn't look like that after the hit. I know, I know he was bleeding from his mouth, but I thought, you know, maybe he, like, lost a few teeth or something. Um, of course, it's the Penguin, so we have to have worst-case scenario here. That came after a pretty dirty hit, I would say, from Brendan Dillon. I'm not surprised. The guy is kind of a stain played with the Capitals for a few years, kind of always went after Evgeny Malkin for some reason, was just, I think, a piss baby against the Penguins for a lot of years. Never really understood him. He didn't really do anything prior to that 
But, you know, the last few years, you know, he's been in Washington. Now he's played in Winnipeg. He's just always been someone that's, you know, on the dirtier side of things. Um, he jumped into the hit, elbowed him basically right to the face slash head area. The refs con- convened, and then they didn't call a penalty. I-, I don't really know what we're doing here if that's not a penalty. That was principal contact to the face slash head area. The guy, Teddy Bluger, was obviously injured, and you're not going to call a penalty of it because of reasons. I just I don't really understand that, you know. I guess I don't understand anything which with with, with it comes to NHL officiating. I never have. I, there's a reason why I say that this is probably the worst officiated sport of the four major sports in the United States. They just they don't know how to call penalties. Um, there, there was one uh, I can't remember which player that it was for Winnipeg boarded Brock McGinn from behind. Pretty dangerous hit. That's not called. And I'm like, these are two pretty blatant penalties. That one probably should have been a two-minute minor. The other one, I think, should have been at least a minor as well. And we're not calling them and thinking that this is just playoff officiating here. I just, I don't know, man. You know, this is why I don't, you know, subscribe to the notion that, well, you know, like it, it, the, the, the league is fixed for some certain teams. No. It's just that the officials suck for every team in the league, and they don't know how to call penalties. And speaking of that, the overtime was just filled uh, of penalties. You have Jeff Carter cross-checking. I think it was Mark Shifley in front of the net. You have Shifley then cross-checking him right after. Um, you have a bunch more players just blatantly tripping other players, not getting called. It was like, wow, I didn't know a, th- a three-on-three for five minutes is just going to be refereed like it's game seven of the Stanley Cup final here. It's just like, and I get it. Everyone loves three on three. You want to see even shank. You want to see as little people out there as possible. You don't want a four on three power play to decide the game. But at some point, when the penalties become even more blatant, you got to call something. Um, I don't really know why uh, the Winnipeg announcers, I was listening to TSN um, on one of the, the streaming sites when I was watching the game while I was working. And they thought that Sidney Crosby should have gotten a penalty um, after he ran into Connor Hellebuck. But if you watch the replay, he was pushed into him by uh, by Pierre-Luc Dubois, and they're out here saying that like Sid ra- ran into him by himself. I'm like, if you look if you look at the replay, that's just not true. You got to take off the glasses there a little bit. But I just and, and you know I get it. You know it's it's the it's the away announcers. They they broadcasted you know numerous other Winnipeg Jets games. They're obviously going to be you know a little bit of favoritism there. But you gotta you gotta be a little fair to some of these other. Um, you got to be fair to the opposition, I should say. Uh, there were a couple other times where um, they said that these are not penalties that they called on Winnipeg when they were actually blatant infractions. And, you know, I understand that the Jets probably didn't get as many calls as they deserved. But again, that just goes to show that how bad officiating is in the NHL. I mean, I, I had to say this. I think that was probably the worst officiated game that the Penguins have been in all season. And that's not really something, if you've been listening to this podcast all year, I haven't really been complaining a lot about officials. I try my best not to just because, you know, they have their job to do. And, you know, I know officiating in the sport of hockey is a bit difficult, but they 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 left a lot to be desired um, in this game. And, you know, again, I did not like how Winnipeg was just kind of gooning it up a little bit, you know, in the first couple periods. You know, there was a time where four Penguins forwards uh, were out there. They're lucky that the only injured player to come out of that was Teddy Bluger, again, you know, on a pretty bad hit. Um, to be frank, but Redeem Zahorna was called up. I would assume that he'll be in the lineup moving forward until Teddy comes back. Not sure what's going to happen with Jason Zucker. He's still week to week at this point. So 
um, right now. So everyone is fully healthy, but you know, Simone's going to be in, Boyle is going to be in, and Zahorna um, is, is probably going to be in as well. So, oh, and of course, forgot about this. Ashton Reese, he's still day to day with a lower body injury. Penguins did not practice today. We will see if he'll practice um, tomorrow in advance of the Arizona game. He was out walking his uh, beautiful little dog in the snow the other day. So it doesn't look like what's bothering him is too serious, but um, we'll, we'll have to see on that. Um, before I get to a commercial break, Tristan Jari, I don't know what to say at this point. You know, I think we all would have accepted accepted him to be league average this year, you know, 9-10, 9-15, maybe even 9-16. I didn't expect the guy to be like 9-30, 9-35. I didn't expect him to be top three in goal state above expected going into this week. I mean, he is playing the best hockey of his life right now. And he saved the Penguins' butts in that game. You just with all the saves on the two on ones and overtime, the Jets had a few more odd man rushes, a couple other scoring chances, and a couple of breakaways as well. And he just slammed the door. You know, the work that he has done on breakaways this season, you know, ever since those struggles in the shootout has been just second to none. Um, this is a completely different goalie than what we're watching right now. And obviously, you know, it's only been one half of regular season. Let's see how he finishes. But I'm feeling really confident about him going into uh, the playoffs. And I think we really have to start discussing him as a true Vesna uh, contender. I know Igor Shesterkin is the odds-on favorite right now. Rightfully so. He leads the league in goal state above expected save percentages right up there as well. He is one of the main reasons the Rangers are where they are, if not the main reason outside of Panarin. But behind him, I would have Tristan Jari as the second-best goaltender in hockey this year. I know Bobrovsky's been awesome. Frederick Anderson, Jack Campbell, um, a couple others who I know I'm missing. But, I mean, he's just been on another level. And I think more and more people need to start realizing that because um, if he can play like this come April, this team is going to be really, and I mean really, tough to beat in a best-of-seven series. So, shout-out to Tristan. That was, I thought, his best performance of the season. It couldn't have come at a better time, especially because the team was playing so bad in this game. But, you know, I'm loving what he's doing. Obviously, they have to go out and get a backup. I mean, that, that's no secret right now, people. I mean, they, they have no choice, I think, at this point. But um, hopefully they will, and, then, you know, they can give him the rest that he deserves. But he's just been awesome. And, you know, I think more and more people around the league need to start realizing just how special this season he's having. So shout out to Tristan. Great start. I would assume he'll start against Arizona, but I wouldn't be surprised if DeSmith gets it just because it is the Coyotes are the worst team in hockey this year. So um, coming up in the next segment, we're going to go into the shootout, Sidney Crosby's goal um, of getting Malkin's ridiculous deke in the overtime. A couple of other things as well. Before we do that, though, BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the best sports action for 2022. It is a new year, and that means it, there's a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use your promo code locked on to get started. BetOnline is as fast as an easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports. That is BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO. Armstrong Penguins. I'm also looking right now to see the scores. Um, the Capitals are down one nothing as I record this um, to the Golden Knights with about seven minutes left. The Rangers are down two one right now to the LA Kings. So 
pretty good news tonight with the Metro if the Rangers lose in regulation. Uh, the Penguins will have two games in hand on them, and they'll have an opportunity to potentially be first in the Metro um, tomorrow. But going back to the shootout, I know I usually hamper on Sid for not deking. I mean, I would love to see him deke a lot more. He's one of the greatest players to ever play. But I still love it when he comes in a little slowly and then just snaps it right past the goal. You know, he waited out Hellebuck a little bit, got the look he was looking for, boom, snapped in, and then, you know, Jari was able to make a save. Latang didn't score, then Jari was able to make the last save. Um, ever since that really bad start uh, in the shootouts, I think he's only allowed one goal in, I want to say, the last six or seven attempts. This was their first shootout, pretty positive, since the game against Calgary about seven, eight weeks ago. And he was rock solid uh, in that one, um, to say the least. And he didn't allow any in this one. So, And that shootout went about, what, seven, eight rounds. This one went three. So he's only really allowed one goal in his last you know, eight to ten shootout rounds. That's much better. You can definitely see that he's worked a lot on breakaways and such. He's not making himself you know, look small in the net. But loved what Sid did there. That was just a vengeance in the Crosby shootout goal. Um, Evgeny Malkin, there was at least a few moments in the overtime where I thought he was going to bring the house down. The the last of which has the puck right next to Hellebuck. Kind of is trying to settle it down, right? And then Shackley comes over, does a little whoop, and then puts the puck around him. And then Shackley just basically just slides down. And it was just like, oh, my God, if he scores that, the, the whole – again, PPG Paints Arena is just going to collapse just because of how loud it's going to be. Puts a shot right on Hellebuck's blocker. And I was just like, man, if he scored that, that would have been something to behold. Um, I thought Gino, outside of his struggles a little bit on the power play, I thought he looked fine. You know, the thing is, this was only, you know, his seventh game played of the season. You know, it, remember, it took Sid about seven to eight games to get going. He only had three points in those games. Gino already has seven points in his first seven games. He's averaging a point per game. Sooner rather than later, it's going to get even better. You know, he doesn't have his legs fully back yet. That's fine. He missed eight months due to injury. He's going to be fine. That, that, that's the thing here. But, you know, I loved the work that his line did. You know, Kapanen and Heine. You know, Heinen, I thought, had a pretty good game as well. He had a couple of really good scoring chances. Rodriguez, I also thought he looked pretty good. We were finally starting to see Erod again. You know, I know he's gone a little bit cold. I need to rem I need not remind you all that he was never going to keep up at that point per game production. You know, he's already set a career high in points and goals this season. You know, he was he probably was not going to be a 70-point player. I mean, that's just a little far. But he had a couple of really strong scoring opportunities in this game. I would hope that would continue going into the next game. We'll have to see. I know he hasn't scored in the last couple of weeks. That's that's fine. You know, he still had a really good season. No one's really going to fault him for that. Of course, he's going to go in a little bit of a scoring slump. That's what all the best, that's what all good players do, you know, at some point in their careers. Um, coming up next year for the Penguins, they have a date with the Arizona Coyotes on Tuesday night at PBG Paints Arena. This will be their second game in their sixth game home in Arizona. Um, you know, they're horrendous this year, 10 and 26 and 4. Um, Clayton Keller, though, has been pretty good. 15 goals, 31 points in 40 games. Um, Kessel has also been pretty good this year. Um, five goals, 27 points in those 40 games. He hasn't scored a lot just because, you know, he's getting a bit older. But he's still been a pretty good uh, playmaker for Arizona. You know, our old friend Phil the Thrill here. He actually leads them um, in assists. Keller leads the team in points. Um, but, you know, this is a team that's strictly tanking this year. I mean, they're bad. They're probably going to trade Jacob Trickman here 
at some point he's one of the best defensemen in hockey. I think they are going to get a good package back for him. And as it looks like right now, I don't think yeah, he he's still a bit banged up. He's been hurt for the last little while here, so he will not be playing for Arizona. Um in this game, you know, just just looking at the lines here, I mean, they have two goalies, you know, Scott Wedgwood is one of them. Um Vegmelka, I think, is the other one, and I don't even really know who he is. I mean, the fact that he's the starting goaltender this year for that team, I mean, that tells you all you need to know about where the direction that team is going. You look at their lines, you know, Nick Schmaltz on the top line with Clayton Keller, Larson with Kessel and Kraus on the second line, um, Andrew Ladd, yes, he is back in the NHL with Fisher on the third line, uh, Galchenyuk with Louis Erickson on the fourth line. Defensively, old friend Shane Gossesbear is on the se- is on the top pairing. Um, and then actually, though, that, 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 that is my mistake. I apologize. So Chikrin is back. Last I checked, he was hurt, but I believe he did just make his return to the lineup. So um, I apologize um, on that. And just looking at it, yeah. So yeah, he, he, he just came back. So I don't really know what I'm talking about anymore. Anyways, that'll do it for this one of Locked on Penguins podcast. The next episode will come Tuesday evening, a full game recap of the game against Arizona. After that, the Penguins will be off on Wednesday. Play Seattle on Thursday, Detroit on Friday, and then LA on Sunday, and then Monday they'll get Washington. So full week of episodes ahead here for the Lockdown Penguins podcast. The grind does not stop. I appreciate all of you listening to this one. I apologize that this one was a little all over the place. This one was just kind of a weird game, you know, just looking at my notes wise and just, you know, talk, talking about, um, but no, that's probably not going to be the norm going forward. That's for sure. Again, thank you all so much for listening to this one, and I'll be back with another episode on Tuesday.